Good evening and welcome to another episode of From the Back Seat. It's another summer transfer special, so summer transfers part two. We're talking about rice for what feels like the eighth episode in a row, but Hugh insisted, so here we are. And Julian Timber, lots of Arsenal, lots of Deli Alley, lots of Liverpool and lots of Saudi. And I think that's it, that's basically today's episode. So if you don't like the sound of that, just don't worry about it, that's the end of your listenership. Um, as usual, it's me and Hugh. Hello Hugh, how are you? I'm good. I didn't like that shout out. It's not the eighth time, it's like the twelfth time. And we move. <laughs> I... <laughs> yeah, I would rather not talk about rice and go into that. But here we are. You don't always get what you want, listener. So. No, no. And we are talking about Messi as well. So anyone in Milan who's gassed right now, that Messi sign for you. And Busquets. Oh, Rambo, yeah. Then this is the one for you. We're going to leave that right to the end. So you listen to the whole thing. The whole thing. Jack, how are yes. you? If you love MLS, if you love MLS, then this is for you. I'm good. I'm good. I'm just, yeah. I've got a lot lot of things I want to cover today. I'm a bit worried about time. So, let's just go into it. Let's <laughs> go into it. So, Deli Ali had a off-the-cuff interview with Gary Neville last week. I don't think it was necessarily planned particularly in advance, but it was a... It was like... It was a very eventful, seminal moment in his footballing career, I think I can say. A lot of things came out that I don't think people were prepared for. Um, and I think in one interview, he has pretty much changed everyone's opinion of him that the media had curated. And I think we're all Team Delhi now, overall, is the general feeling. Um, and we just kind of hope he has a good season of just football and mm. not trouble for a change. So yeah. I thought we'd start there. No, it's a good one. It was it was kind of out of the blue, really, wasn't it, that interview? Obviously, Gary Neville's overlap is a is a fantastic place for these kind of interviews and that, so do go check it out if you haven't seen the interview already. But, yeah, it does feel like there's been a big shift in the kind of... I don't really want to say public perception of De- Deli Ali, but there is a perception on Deli Ali, perhaps more than any other player, maybe apart from Sterling, where there just does seem to be a kind of a, a bad public opinion, you know? You get little snippets of his personality prior to this. And the, the general character he's been made out to be is, you know, like, full of talent, but kind of lost his way, right? And also is, you know, doesn't have the right attitude or anything like that. And it was a real eye-opener um, watching that interview because, you know, we'll go on to the kind of topics he covered, but he's had it anything but easy compared to, you know, anyone else. You know what I mean? His story really is quite, quite inspirational to the heights that he got. And it was because of those heights, yeah. you know, that, that that people felt like he'd kind of fallen off, right? Because he hit such spectacular heights, didn't he? At one point, he was looking at one of the best players in the world. Oh, at one point he was... He was what Phil Foden or Saka is now. He was that guy. He That's was that it. guy. He was. The best young English player. He was unbelievable. He was unbelievable. And I was fuming that Liverpool didn't buy him. You know, that's how I felt. I was like, we've missed, like, a generational talent. He, so he is. He is a generational talent. He, he is he is a general generational talent who yeah had just too much to deal with on his own basically and kind of imploded yeah but I think it's fair enough um, I do feel like there's definitely an agenda against him and I'm not well I'm being a conspiracy theorist it's almost certainly partly because of his skin colour same with Sterling because certain newspapers they just don't like no, certain types of people and those types of people are young mixed race footballers I'm just going to throw it out there I'm just going to say it 
Oof. because it's the truth it's the truth like they look for reasons to give them bad headlines um, when there's plenty of other footballers who do also terrible things and it doesn't really get mentioned as much absolutely but for example Phil Foden he was away he was partying while he was away on England duty got you know got dropped cheating on his missus no one cares about that no Ryan Giggs just just broke up from court from oh, like domestic so violence true gigs, yeah. it's been dropped doesn't really get that much flack day to day you know no. there's plenty plenty there to get into but yeah no I mean if you, if you go down that it's it's a rabbit hole and I agree that Deli Ali's been under a sort of microscope and I think that's almost a consequence of how good he was you know like the media oh this is getting proper conspiracist but YOLO's mid-season it's pre-season the media love to bring certain people down for sure and it's I don't even think it's based on skin colour I think there is definitely a bias towards certain skin colours you know to get to the bare bones of it um but they love to tear people down. You think of, you know, people from a different world entirely, people like Caroline Flack, et cetera, et cetera. There's certain people that, you know, that there's money to be made out of tearing down someone's name and reputation, and Deli Ali certainly is one of them. And, you know, mm. bearing in mind now, and, you know, now that we know the kind of trauma he's gone through as a child, it, it, it doesn't sit that well, does it? I think all of us, at some point, have, you know, slandered Deli Ali's name at some point if we're being completely Facts. honest as well and yeah you know like yeah it, it just doesn't sit well post interview because you realise how much the guy's been through in, and you know, how much he achieved in spite of all of those all of those difficulties you know and it's really brave of him to come yeah. out and talk about it because I think it's unbelievably brave I think it's probably good for him it probably will help him to know that you know there's another side to it that we, we don't see and the very human side of it so yeah I do think it was quite eye opening because yeah you do forget that no matter how much money everyone's earning they can still just be kind of fucked up on the inside you know and just have just had a shitty life no matter how how many like nice cars or whatever nice watches that they have it's actually not doesn't really mean anything it's almost irrelevant it almost exacerbates the issue arguably because you just get the scrutiny um, and not the sympathy but he's struggled in his own way but yeah it's it's eye opening and it makes you wonder who else has these kind of things going on you know that probably a lot of them they just drop off probably a lot of them and you know like it's 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 spoken about so much that football is, is as much a mental game as it is a physical game you can have all the talent in the world but if you don't have the mentality you won't make it to the top mm-hmm. I mean that's true in all fields in all honesty mentality will get you a long way but you know I think it's luck as well you know it's luck his life just sounds incredibly unlucky you know he's had to overcome a lot more than other people who just had a nice life oh absolutely it's like the Sean Dyche thing you know why Sean Dyche hates Patrick Bamford because Patrick Bamford's had a really nice life Sean Dyche just doesn't want it he just doesn't want anything to do with it and like Deli Ali's the opposite he's just had a horrible horrible childhood sorry sorry what do you mean what's this Sean Dyche Bamford thing you don't know that Sean Dyche hates Patrick Bamford? <laughs> no. <laughs> so, <that's not laughs> you don't know what you mean? <laughs> so basically, when Sean Dyche was manager, I think it was of Burnley, but it might have even been before Burnley, Patrick Bamford came on loan and apparently, I, I think apparently 
He arrived with his mum and dad. So Patrick Bamford arrived as a teenager with his mum and dad to his first training session. And Sean Dyche was just like, you fucking what, posh it? boy. How? Yeah, he was just <laughs> like... Because his mum and dad were there. Little, yeah, little posh boy. Likes the violin. Go on, I've got two parents. And he just wasn't having it. He just, it just triggered him. Mr. Meat and Potatoes just so wasn't funny. having it. He was that's like, so spoil and you will not make it out of this club. We've just binned him. <laughs> I can't believe you don't know that about that Jeff is, That is so random. <laughs> Poor Patrick. Yeah. Oh, mate. I know. Well, fair, fair enough. I mean, yeah, Daddy Ali's gone through a lot more than that. Bless him. I mean, if you contrast the two, it's completely different, isn't it? Um, I wonder if, if, you know, part of it is like, I don't know, he's overcome so much before he even got into football that maybe, you know, football's his release in a way. And... You know, maybe he excelled at football because he could, you know, truly escape on the pitch, as cliche as that sounds. You know, like Patrick think, Bamford probably goes right. home to a chauffeured driven Range Rover from Mummy to the country estate. Sorry, Patrick, but didn't you say there you are a friend of the pod? <laughs> it's just you know, like there's there's levels to that, isn't there? You know, Denny might have been dreading going home for all we know. And you know, me and you don't know anything about that. We've never dreaded to go home to our home environment, you know, and No, exactly. We've never even questioned That's it. That's exactly right. So yeah, it's a that, horrible feeling. I think as you get older as well, things can just resurface, can't they? Things that you thought you dealt mm. with can come back because actually you didn't deal with it. You just pushed it down. Yeah. Tried to forget about it. And yeah. this is him actually dealing with it, you know, dealing with these deep-rooted traumas for the first time publicly. And I'm glad that football's mature enough to actually be supportive. I feel like we're past like the banter era. Because no. I feel like football Twitter football is so is usually toxic. the last. Yeah, it's so toxic. But I feel I feel like so far everyone's been pretty good about it. I think there's been a massive shift, matches. like especially in English football. I think it's a different. You know, the, the, the footballers coming through now are way more in check with their emotions and mental health compared to say the glory days of the seventies, eighties, and nineties, where it was a man's sport. You know, like. You know, like it's incomparable to compare the two areas because you know with social media, it's it's not as simple as them being able to disconnect. Like their brands, they have to be active. They get slated if they have a management team, as we've seen. You know, um, on social media, like people want yeah. their authentic selves, which means you can't switch off. Like you have to deal with that, and that's that must be tough when you're in a spiral and people may not know the, the trouble you're already going through without hundreds of thousands of people constantly hammering you and you, you know making you a joke. You know, like that must be tough. It's, for a, it's a horrible feeling. I mean, take a take a relevant example that's happened today. So Wesley Fofana has got injured in a friendly game for Chelsea, and he's done his ACL. Bearing in mind, he's he's come back from a major injury already, so he's going to be out for like seven months, eight months. He's deactivated all of his social media because he was getting so much abuse from Chelsea fans. And I'm no, not. This is not no. digging Chelsea fans. You're this joking. is digging football fans. Yeah, but he's deactivated all his socials because they've been just slamming him and attacking him. And he's thinking, like, that's un- that's unbearable levels of scrutiny. You're already devastated. You've got all these fucking people, no doubt, saying racist things to you, saying horrible things to you. Mm. Um, how does that help? How how could you deal with that? I mean, I remember <laughs> putting out a pretty fucking rude tweet about Man City early on. And some people called him me a prick. And I was like, oh, I don't like that. <laughs> oh, that's very nice and that was like three blokes <laughs> so that's what it feels like when it's like hundreds he's rattled <laughs> especially something like an ACL where it's completely out of your control 
Yeah, it's like, let me pour more pain onto the suffering that you've got currently. Let me really rub some salt in that wound. It's, it's really sad, though. That's really sad, that. But then, you know, I applaud it. Like, you know, they, at the end of the day, like, do you need to sit there when you're going through something like that and hear that? Nah. You know, like, you can't be a fan if you're one of these people that goes on and, you know, tweets like, why are you always injured, blah, blah, blah. It's just... Social media for all the good that's done, you know, in certain certain aspects, it's it's made things so much worse, especially for footballers. I think, like that, like you like you speak about the the level of scrutiny is just it's unbearably too unbearable. High. The yeah. fact that anyone can get at you at any point and they can just share information, misinformation as well. You know how much like not accurate information was just shared on social media about Deli Ali? How many memes were just shared about him just being a useless professional? You know. Your whole image is just curated in a social forum and you just don't even, you don't even do anything. You're literally mm. just living your life and then people are just slating you. It's mental. Yeah. I remember once, like, there was, I think Daddy got caught doing balloons and, you know, it's just, who cares at the end of the day. Daily Mail did, like, a, like, a private detective, like, they circled, like, a magnum tonic wine bottle on the table, like, Jamaican wine, you know, making it seem, like, 17% Jamaican wine. You know, making it seem yeah. like it's absolutely outrageous. Like, brother, they, they sell that everywhere. <laughs> like, That's not illegal. You know, not they legal. try and paint a picture of him and, you know, yeah, just, just round it off. I applaud him. I really hope he gets back to just playing football and enjoying it. That's, that's it. That's all I that's want. It. That's all, that's that's all, all I want, he, yeah. That's all, that's all probably he no, wants. No hero thing, no, like, having to do more speaking. Just crack on. Yeah, Enjoy get your head down, understood. Yeah. You know, like I hear you loud and clear. And, and just try and get back in the England squad. That's literally it. That's that's. I think that's all everyone wants. No more news about Delhi Ali. Just good vibes. Yeah, and he needs to heal now, and he must be back at Everton, right? It's back at Everton. Yeah. So hopefully, Sean Dyche puts a, puts a, puts an arm around him. I suspect he will. Yeah, me just, too. Let's him get on with things. Me too. Well, there you go. With all love and respect to Delhi. Right? Is it? Is it? Is it? Decky's? Is it rice? Rice baby time? Yeah. Let's get into the transfers. And first up, it's an Arsenal double. Oh, I tell you what. As any Arsenal fan will tell you, it's been a, oh, it's been a stressful two weeks, stressful fortnight waiting for this to be announced. I just. I, don't I, know I thought you were so fumble at one point. I was enjoying the. Oh, everyone was ready. West Ham fan Twitter just like we should just pull the deal they're taking a piss <laughs> Arsenal lawyers don't go their head from their arse and I was like this is funny because it could you never know something, you don't know again, something shocks you you don't know it's collapsed I don't know if there was a bit of gamesmanship involved with that obviously West Ham took the piss during the sale so I don't know if this was because obviously they have less time to find mm. find a replacement but I, I doubt I doubt that very much. More likely, it's just I think, it's a hundred and five million pound deal. Yeah, it's a fee. <laughs> and the fact it's got to be paid within two years. Like yeah. a lot of I'm a sure lot of the wording very important behind the couch. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so I more likely it's that really, isn't it? Um, I suspect that the Cronkies were just 
calling a few banks and just making sure they had lines of credit for everything else. But I, it ran through my head. Up. I thought maybe stand, you know, start to sweat. I thought, oh, no, nah, no. Nah, nah. There's a lot yeah. of cash, you know, lads. <laughs> <laughs> Do you know what? You know like, what? 100 mil could get me a lot of things. Yeah, you know, Mikel, like, I love you, brother. I love you, bro. <laughs> I ain't doing this. No, no, no. So, I mean, I, I'd love to... Every... Every Cronker out person, I'd love to sit them down and just ask them now what they. I'd love to hear what they have to say now, because. Well, they're they're in, they're in hibernation, bro. They're just waiting until one of the flops or Rice gets injured. Even, if he, gets, even if he flops, you can't even pin that on the Cronkers. It's got nothing to do with the Cronkers anymore. For the last three years, they put their money where their mouth is. I oh, shit you not Mate, they're just they're going hard absolutely gunning it I don't. I actually don't know what's happening I'm struggling to comprehend what's happening I think they've just seen the opportunity and they're just going for it they I think so I think they probably value Arsenal as a brand more than they have ever like cared before not enough for obviously Stan to come to London but you know he's got his other Owners teams to worry about matches, well Josh Cronk is there quite a bit and I think he we spoke about it before but he must have been the driving force because it's like someone's approving it on the Cronkers side <laughs> I don't know who <laughs> it's, a, it's a lot isn't it and you know especially because it's our first Champions League in dare I say seven or eight years bro it's it's an astonishing transfer it's actually it's actually insane when you look at it objectively you've paid the most money ever for an English player and he came from West Ham yeah, it's just man. so crazy so un- and un- he's awesome. really good he is really good but it's just like it's it's hard to actually comprehend how much money that is. Like what what do like the, the average Spanish fan think when they look at him? They're like Declan Rice. Who is Declan Rice? You know, like, <laughs> <laughs> you know, he's not like he's not like a global superstar. You know. Not no, yet, I agree. Anyway. No, I agree. It's I think mad. you rationalise it, and I think we've touched on it before. Is the way I rationalise the outlay, and they'll never ever think that that's actually a rational fucking fee. It's not get that but the market is is, is 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 crazy but how many starting English midfielders of the English national team under the age of 25 are available to buy this summer none two Mason Mount three Mason Mount and Declan Rice and Jude who's he? and Jude Jude, but Jude was never fucking <laughs> just the whole starting midfield <laughs> but you think like Jude's gone for 100 mil 86 but with add-ons it'll that. get to 100 yeah you know. Madison as well. Madison. All the midfielders. Madison, yeah, Madison went 40 to be fair. I've just actually undone my whole argument, which is quite sad. Uh, um, <laughs> my point is, I like the price is that high because it goes way beyond technical ability. It's like a statement in the sense that like we've just picked a st- like a, a starter for the English national team who's 24, was captain of his previous team. You know, like he is very good. But like it, almost, it almost extends way beyond just how how his his ability as a footballer, and and Arteta did touch on it, called him a lighthouse, which I thought was like one of those weird Arteta-isms where it's like okay, um, but like oh, it is his. It, makes, what do you, do you get it? Say, it makes, well, yeah, because that's what we used to call Fabinho, the lighthouse. <laughs> you know? Everything centres around him, just that beacon in the middle. Oh shit! Yeah, that's it. That's it. <laughs> but As I mean, one departs, another arrives. I've obviously watched a lot of Declan Rice content in the last couple of weeks to keep myself abated, and Bet he he looks like a great character to have in the dressing room. 
you know what I mean like a really really good character in those moments where you need a bit of leadership maybe something that Xhaka brought but I can't you know Odegaard's a different kind of captain I think I don't know him at all actually I could be chatting on my ass. he could be really vocal in the dressing room but he just feel like Declan Rice in the middle always you know takes the ball on it's just like he's a really great player to have especially for this Arsenal team that maybe just needs a few sprinkling of kind of you know steel and experience to really see them over the line you know what I mean it, it, when it came down to that final season I swear to god it came down to character more than it came down to capability as a well, footballer it did. it did because Arsenal when there was true pressure you you crumpled under the pressure and there was yeah. no shame in that Gundogan just went on like Gundogan you know what I mean Gundogan for example is a, is a prime cold. example yep it was like Ice this. cold. Arsenal were like here, City were like here, and then they started to apply the pressure. They went up a gear, you just started crumbling. Like, That's what I mean. It was go time. And I feel like Declan Rice is the kind of person to. Not all is in his own, like it's put a lot on him, but certainly the right character to, to kind of turn the tide in that regard. So, yeah, mate, super excited. And then we're going to move on to big Jurian Timber. His goal went down. I'm yelling Timber. <laughs> yelling Timber. <laughs> 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 Absolutely gassed about that one as well. He's so good. And I don't even know who he is prior to us signing him. <laughs> In true football fan style, like, I'll be honest. Yeah, never heard of him. There was now no I've mention read a few of him. articles about him. I'm into it. Yeah, yeah. But, again, it does right the wrong of genuine backup for Saliba. Which... You know, many people point to him getting injured as the as the falling off point that triggered the whole collapse, and so yeah. I just think it's great. They've just basically been like, right, these players are going to help. Do you know what I mean? Like, it's just clear what the plan is. They're all young, yeah. You know, like all well, established all, internationals, like all the signings. Havertz as well. I've been on Havertz, and now he's going to replace Shaka. But it's just, it's almost too good to be true. I'm used to like chasing Yamavia for the whole summer. And then you end up with fucking God knows who. What a throwback, by the way. What an absolute Oh, do you remember when everyone was just getting linked with Yamavir for like two years? Yeah. <laughs> like everyone. He was... Arsenal, definitely. He really was just a walking saga. Because I wanted him at Liverpool. That's how good his media was. I've never even seen him play. Never saw him play. I don't even know what he looks like. Still don't know what like, he, No, still don't if know. If we don't sign Yamavir this summer, <laughs> Honestly, we are a joke. It's just like every summer would be like, why... Mate, why haven't we signed Yamavir? <laughs> we are not kicking on. It's so funny. Yeah. And then he just went to fucking Russia and he was shit. Like, yeah, he went to like Ruben Kazan in the end and never heard of him after yeah. that. So, you know, I'm used to that. I'm used to panic stations, 31st, Mertesacker, Giroud, Lampadowski. I'm used oh, to yeah. chaos. And even as far as three years ago, William, Pepe, you know, like absolute nonsense signings. Like, it's just. And now it's like. I mean, arguably, Kai Havertz, the jury's out on him. Listen, give, give it time, mate. The general rule is that, by averages, at least one of them is going to be a flop. And I know which one it's going to be. We all do. We all, know, we all know. It's going to be Kai. It's going to be Kai. It's going to be Kai. You, you've, you've done the trap where you think you can unlock something that isn't there. You know, oh. like people with a damage aura where they, they're like, ooh. I can see it. Oh, don't. It's the same with Havertz. No. But in a midfield role, he's probably just serviceable, functional, you know? Mate, the same I'd love to see Smith, him. Just... Smith Rowe. I've got a vision of how it could work out. I'm sure Arteta has it too, but yeah, it's going to be a lot of work. 
And you know what? We haven't looked great in pre-season. Draw with Watford, draw with Nuremberg. Just to put it in context, we, we played Nuremberg, and we played them last year, and we beat them 5 now. And we were really good in pre-season. I remember the first time I got excited last season was when we beat Chelsea 4-0 in, in the States. And we absolutely just tore them to pieces. And it's the first look at Gabby Jesus. Yeah. Haven't had that yet. I hope that, you know, the level's dropped just because of the season we've had. I hope that's not the case. But it is pre-season. You shouldn't look into it after It's only pre-season. Yeah, it's only pre-season. The only thing I would say is that new signings always look best in the summer, don't they? Yeah, like, Halfway through the season, we might be like, selling Shaka was a mistake. Anything's possible. Mm-hmm. We don't know how this will all play out yet. But Declan Rice seems a pretty nailed on bet. Definitely too much money, but there aren't that many defensive midfielders currently. And he's one of the best ones. He was the best one last season, probably. In terms of I think tackling, he was. tackling and he was the best one. Ball and carries. Like ball carries. Yeah. He was the best That's one. That's a big one. Rodri is probably the gold standard. Casemiro is obviously a top don. But, yeah, he's the nicest one. He's the one you'd want to sign if you had the choice of the three, I think. You know what I think it is? Because he ticks that box. But I also think there's there's extra levels to his game. I think in a West Ham side, that is primarily plays without the ball. You know, he's now going into a side that more often than not have the ball. And so he'll have time yeah. on the ball. He'll have time to improve maybe the more offensive side of his game because we know his defensive side is great. So I think it's that as well. Um, mm-hmm. And yeah, I'm really excited, guys. And Declan Rice aside for the Arsenal, it's weird. It was almost it was almost underwhelming by the time I saw the video of him being signed. I almost felt Did like you like the announcement video. Announcement video was sick. The Adidas one. I mean, the um, the Arsenal one was alright. The Adidas one was. Oh uh, yeah. Was that not the official announcement? The one with video? like Stormzy and like all the people in it. Yeah. Nah, that was Adidas's one, which is weird. Arsenal's was like kind of uh, regal. It was just there in a red and white cape. And he looks great in red and white as well. I knew he would. It's just, it's still a bit surreal, you know? It's like, mm. damn. It's a strange signing. No, it's not. Just from like where he's come from to where he is, like Chelsea Youth Academy player. Turn hundred well, million signing like, during my arc. my Declan Rice binge. He did say that his whole family's Chelsea fans, and he's a Chelsea fan. So that's that must be a hard one to reconcile. <laughs> oh, I mean, if ever there was a time to not to go against Chelsea, I know. Now, but do you reckon he's like his family? I was thinking this. Like, I would be keen to get your thoughts. Do you think his family are like like? Do you think they're conflicted? Obviously, like his family manage he doesn't have an agent it's managed by his family so they all must have okayed the move and you know they've obviously bought into the Arsenal vision but I wonder what that's like imagine you having to sign for, let's say sign for Everton but actually you know like when you rationalise it you know it's fine yeah I mean I'm not going to lie like if you if you played for West Ham and Chelsea came in and offered you like fucking 300k a week and sold you this dream showed you how you'd be this key component you'd be sceptical but you'd probably accept it at the end of the day if Arsenal weren't at the table and I think the reality you just of choose the next best offer. Like most, almost every player doesn't have the luxury of just being able to pick and choose where they're going to go. Yeah, and money does talk at the end of the day. Chelsea may have been interested, but couldn't afford him and didn't want to pay the wages, just hypothetically. So you just choose your best offer in the moment, don't you? And ideally, it's the club you like, but rarely. 
I mean, look at look at Moise Caicedo. <laughs> Every single club that he's interested in him, he's just like, I've always dreamed of playing for Chelsea. <laughs> ever since I was a little, ever since I was a little boy, Marcel Desailly was on my wall. You know, <laughs> he's yeah. So yeah, loyalty means nothing in football. Yeah, fair enough. Fair enough. Well, look, Decky, welcome to the Arsenal. Mate, we are going to win the league but anyway that is part one we come back for part two we talk about more football then we're going to finish goodbye why <laughs> Uh, welcome back to Rob Raxi, part two. Sorry, I, uh, I don't know what. I was putting some 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 sort of face. It's looking like he's just deleted part one. I don't know. Have you deleted part one? No, no, I'm deleting part one. It's just I thought for a second I'd shit myself. <laughs> Oh, you know what? We'll just run with that. We'll run with that one. Part two. Woohoo. Still talking Woo. about more, more, more stuff. I think it's Matt. It's Matt. We're going to go with Man United. Man United have had a busy week, right? They've had a busy week. They've signed a couple of players, looking at another player. And we're going to talk about it. Obviously, it's been a tumultuous two weeks where Dave has left, and that has left a massive gap where Dave. David, David De Gea, used to sit for so many years and they have swooped in and it looking confirmed by Ornstein himself. Onana. Andre Onana. And we covered him last week because it looked like a done deal then and that's how transfers work. They overlap. So we're going to talk about it now that it's pretty much done still. (laughs) It's basically in the same place. (laughs) Except Ornstein's called it. So it's here we go. When Ornstein calls it, it's official. It's a great signing. Great signing. Fixes a problem that's existed for about three years that they just didn't want to deal with, and mm-hmm. they they've just nailed it. I think he's a great goalkeeper, and Inter it's great business for them. Cost them nothing. Sold him for fifty mil. Fixes a massive problem for United, and now they can just focus on the other end of the pitch. Like it's great. It's honestly just a great signing, which is not very Manchester United. It's a bit boring to be honest. I know. Man United. You wish they You're went for. Yeah, they they should buy like, well, they should have renewed David Haya, right? That would have been that. Would well, have been, uh, that would have been peak Man United. You see, they were after that. I think he's African born, but the Japanese goalie, the really young one. No, but that that would have been no. that was like straight up football manager region territory. That that's as mad. So African born Japanese international. Yeah, African descent. So he's like fully black, but he's Japanese. But- he's got a Japanese name. Yeah. Oh my god, we yeah, need sick. Yeah. We need him in the. Apparently, he's, he's rated. So watch that space if you ever see him. I'll try and find him after this pod and show you. You know where he's going to end up? South Coast with Brian. You think Brian? Mm. You think Brian? Oh, that yeah, that'd be zesty. If so, I can see logical it. transfer. I can see it too. It's like, oh, who's this new guy? Nagatoma. Mm. <laughs> Just this African goalkeeper, and you're like. I am so into this regen. Like What's I'm so name? here for it. Let me find his I don't name. Know, I just made it up. No, he's got a cool name. 
So, so yeah, I mean, that would be fun if they signed him. But Onana seems like the safe bet. Oh, his name's Zion Suzuki. What a name. What a name. This guy's, this guy's a regen. Zion Suzuki. What a name. That is a sick name. Oh, my days. So cool. Yeah. So fucking cool. How old is he? I think he's young. He's 20. 20? He was born in the US, for fuck's sake. Mate, he's well-travelled. Well-travelled. Do you reckon he's got Japanese descent? He looks... I don't... I don't know. I want to say yes, but I feel like I'm, I'm approaching cancellation territory if I continue. So. <laughs> I was going to say... He's of Ghanaian descent. moving it forward. Yeah, anyway. Ghanaian descent. African-American. I really hate that phrase, by the way, African-American. Yeah, I know. Seems just just such American. a broad stroke. But now he's African... American Japanese pretty cool there you go coolest keeper in the world hope he comes to the Prem one day but we're talking about a different keeper his name's Onana and you're right it's great business for Milan they got him on a free they sell him for 50 odd mil you know off the back of a great Champions League run now I've heard some funny stories about Onana where do tell so my colleague who I'm shouting out Aiden big up Aiden down in Cape Town He's telling me that he actually retired from the Cameroonian national team because he wanted to play out for the back and they didn't want him to play out from the back. So he, he retired. <laughs> it's just so funny. Wow. That's, <laughs> I don't that's know why I find that. power play. Yeah, that's that's power a goddamn play. power play right there. Just be like, well, I'll leave. No, you won't. Well, I quit. <laughs> See yeah, you later. I'm not hoofing it up the field. It's just, I think it's just brilliant. I mean, that says a lot oh, about so how jokes. he wants to play. Actually, yeah. I actually rate that so much because that means instead of instead of having to disappear in Jan African Cup of Nations I think is this January he's going to be at Man United the entire time yeah must be music to Man United fans is just a little benefit he's always going to be fit he's always going to be fresh oh 50 mil was too cheap yeah although I've seen some I've seen some clangers from his younger days he's probably ironed those out now to be honest with you but he does love a wander he loves a quick wander out the box he loves a little risk, almost the Hayer-esque in some, in some, in some ways. So hopefully that, a continuation of a, an occasional clangor for United. It's a strange time, I think United. You, need that. you know, Maguire's just been dropped. Yeah, well, Maguire's, Maguire still exists, doesn't he? So he was he was also a root problem of all these terrible mishaps at the back. And it's a strange time. He's been dropped as captain. Do you think he's going to stay? He's been dropped as captain. Well, he's been given the choice. You can either, you can either like resign as captain or we're taking it. So, so he wasn't. Do really I think he's going to get sold? No, he wasn't given the choice, but he was given the choice to own the decision, basically. You know, for the optics, a bit like, oh, I'm stepping down. I choose to for the good of the club, but really, it's like, bro, you're, you're done. You're done. He's done do that, I think yeah. he'll get sold? The rumoured price is around forty million pounds, and I believe that that is about thirty-five million pounds too much. So <laughs> I just, so I just don't see anyone paying that. I see maybe a loan that Man United subsidise as the best option because they've given him far too much money, and he's been I too. Doubt he's going to go on loan. He's not going to go on loan, is he? Don't forget, Man United have a bad habit of renewing people's contracts or just keeping them going to they, not they, lose their value they're not going to allow them just run down the corner I mean as it gets later in the window if that's the only option they have they'll go for it but they'll they'll push for a sell because you're just using a, little, a year of value 
And it's just no point. It's just going to deprecate. But he must be. To, I reckon by next year it'll be one year left of his contract. He signed in what? 2019, 2020. Yeah, yeah. I think. I think he. I think that sounds about right. Where would he go? West Ham. I have no idea. West Ham has been rumoured, but they want him on loan. They don't want to pay any money for him. No, I can understand why. I think West Ham if I was West Ham, I'll just leave that on the table. Leave I'll that. Too. Yeah. But then be like, every week you don't accept, you have to pay an extra 5% of his wage. So just leave it rolling. So it goes from 100% to 95 to 90 you know. So in the day, uh, that would that's be still quite a lot of money saved for Man United. That would be big boy tactics if they'd done that. I don't think West Ham have got the the minerals to do something like that. But Yeah. I, I can see a scenario where he just stays and doesn't play. Because don't forget, this is the same football club, Manchester United, who have just kept Phil Jones the entire time. Yeah, I can't believe he's just left this window. That's mad. But I agree. Yeah. I think Harry Maguire is too proud to step down as well and accept a club like West Ham. He's got a bit of an ego. Don't Surely... Know. I've just I don't know welcome, welcome to Logical Transfers Spontaneous I can think of only one manager Who's got Got a tune out of Harry Maguire And he Is Jose Mourinho And he Would like to pair him With Chris Smalling In Rome That would be mental That would be mental Let me say it again That would be mental A loan With an obligation to buy For 10 mil That's the deal I just don't know. I mean, that'd be a good move for him to go abroad, but again, I can't see him going abroad somehow. It's just weird, though. Like, I think while he's guaranteed a spot in the England squad, he's just not going to leave. I don't think he is guaranteed it anymore. I think Southgate is coming around now. I, I think don't know. We're still winning. Alternatives. We're just winning. Yeah, a lot. but Southgate did also issue a little warning, being like, he does have to play. Like, Maguire does have to play moving forward. And he's never said that previously. So I think even well, he's just been it's been quite a while now that yeah. he hasn't played. Like no, it's harder and harder to justify his inclusion. But anyway, too much about Harry Maguire. I personally think he will stay. I think he'll stay. And it'd be interesting to see. Be interesting to see. But before we move on to the other Man United news, a lot of Man United news this week, they've signed one more today. A little throwback for you. Massive throwback for you. Oh, massive! Yeah. I was, was going to say something clever, but no. Johnny Evans has re-signed with Man United on a short-term deal. Must be the only player who played under Sir Alex, so that's quite something. How short are we talking? I'm positive. How short is the deal, though? Oh, sorry, if it's how short are you talking? Um, I think it's just for pre-season. Mm, that's weird. Mm-hmm. I think it's just so he can train with them and go on their tour is he being groomed to be a coach or like what's could the deal could be I mean he's, he's for me he's still Premier League standard is Johnny Evans so if you had him as a replacement for Maguire as backup probably the better option isn't he how old is he he's only what he's 35 to be fair he he is a bit of a James Milner he's a bit effervescent I mm-hmm. feel like just around the squad you could do a lot worse than just having him and just come in doesn't do any fucking stupid mistakes for the last 10 minutes like it's honestly not the worst signing in the world but knowing Man United they'll probably give him a 5 year contract on like 300k a week so we'll see but that's interesting 
Yeah, caught the eye of him. Of, um, player coach role, Ten player Hall. coach role, I reckon. Because as you know, there's a bit of a trend at the moment in the under-21 team. We've got, in at Liverpool, we've got... Yes, I've heard about this. Jay Spearing. Jay Spearing, <laughs> yeah. So weird. Apparently so. it was a trend from Germany where, yeah, they would take senior ex-pro and then, yeah, make, put them in the under... And the yeah. other 21s or the B team, just so. But then I what guess was the that reason makes again? sense. It's just experience I, and like. I think it's, yeah, it adds like a certain level of seriousness to it. Because if you've got some guy who's seen it or done it all and he's shouting at you and like snapping into challenges, same as like if you have a young team that's not an unders team. If you've got a young team, it helps to have a couple of old heads in there, you know, to just keep things calm. It does make a lot of sense. It's like an idiot. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, he's 35. Maybe he could just do a season as emergency backup, Phil Jones, Phil Jones vibes, but fit. Um, and then yeah, maybe. Do you know what, mate? Staff. Without doing the maths, maybe they're lacking a club homegrown player, and they just thought this will do. We'll deal with that problem next year. Maybe, maybe. Anyway, it's a short-term deal, so I don't know how long it'll be. But yeah, really interesting one that one. Let's move on to yeah. other news. Big rash, big Marcus feeding the kids. He can be able to feed his five own kids year. after he signs that five years. Ooh, man, you're not He's signing £325,000 a week. Ooh. I'll be honest. I thought he was on more money. I don't know if I've just got sort of confused about the astronomical wages of everyone, but I felt like he was already on that money. Mm. And with his form, I kind of just assumed he'd be getting up to 400 at this point. I feel like he was on 300k a week previously. Evidently not. I mean, don't you forget, Jaden Sancho's on 350k a week. Rashford's signed yeah, for five years on 325. I'm not, that. you know, I'm not saying that Rashford's hard done by it at all. <laughs> He's literally a fucking multi-millionaire and generally very well-liked person across the world. But still, you can't say he doesn't deserve it based on that. Nah, I wonder, there were parts of me that used to doubt it. I don't think, if he hadn't had the season he had under Ten Hag could be a serious risk of him walking away but after the season he had it never looked like he was going to walk away did it nah he's 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 reached a new level the level we all hoped he'd reach and as long as he maintains that level there'll be plenty of like PSG will always try and buy him I think Mm. Um, and clubs like that or even Bayern Munich I think there'll be plenty of interest in him so it's a good idea to lock him down on a long contract and give yourself that protection from Man United's perspective he's fucking good like when he's, he's good, he's, he's so good. That goal he scored against Arsenal when both teams were in great form just summed it up, really. Do you remember it? He just well, like he dispossessed, I think, like Thomas Party, maybe? Or like nutmegged nah, him. He just, just smacks it in so from outside dirty. the box. It was just it was so good. Yeah, so I mean, he scored so many bangers last year. So many bangers. And, you know, this is going to be his big contract in his career. He's 25. Next five years, 325k. Seems right. He's just got to maintain now. But you feel under yeah. Ten Hag, there's a good there's a good synergy there between the two. You feel like he can maintain that form going into yeah, next right. season. So Man United doing logical things. Who would have thought it? Who would have thought it? The only thing not logical is they haven't sold the bloody club. What's going on there? Well, why would you when it's going up? It's all looking good. Might as well wait for it to get back to the top of the English Premier League and then just sell it oh, for eight, so. eight billion. Goodness. Wouldn't put it past them, the bastards. But anyway, I've spent enough time talking about Man United. Let's talk about Liverpool. It's time. 
So you and I were discussing during the break if we're just an Arsenal Liverpool pod, which is why we did Man United first, because we don't want those accusations. We don't want that smoke. But if you're feeling like we don't talk about your club, buy some more intre- more interesting players, you know? Do some transfers. <laughs> if you do it, we will talk about it. It's very simple. But unfortunately, this week, Saudi Arabia has turned all of their attention from Chelsea onto Liverpool. And the current rumours are that Fabinho has agreed terms and we are on the cusp of accepting a £40 million bid for Fabinho. And Henderson has also agreed terms and we're just negotiating a fee currently. Now, just to spell it out, when Liverpool said they needed to revamp the midfield, I don't think anyone imagined that we would we would be looking at an exit of Oxlade, Navigator, James Milner, Fabinho and Henderson as a starting point. That feels... I thought maybe Thiago, you know, on top of that. This feels a little much, if I'm being honest. I don't think it's a good idea to gut five of your senior midfielders and then just leave Curtis Jones and Harvey Elliott and Bajetic as the main ones with Thiago semi-available. That seems a little risky to me. Now, I like that we bought McAllister. I like that we bought Zabodzlai. But we don't have a number six in the squad if we sell Fabinho and Henderson. And unless we're going to experiment with Trent in that role as a DM slash playmaker Vegetic is the only senior option which is not it's not ideal I do like him but yeah seems like we might be creating some issues for ourselves because arguably the perfect player to solve this issue has just moved to Arsenal and there's not an immediate array of options who are A Premier League proven not 30 and available there's not loads. There's not. I feel with the rebuild, Fabinho and Henderson are more advantageous sales. I don't think they, Liverpool themselves, the hierarchy, would have expected to have sold either or both them. But for 40 mil for Fabinho, fuck yeah. <laughs> uh, he's mean, a great yeah, player. That... And he's, he could return to the form that he's shown previously. It wasn't his best season last season. But for that price, you do not think twice. Oh, I know. I mean, I think we've turned a profit. I can't remember how much we bought it for, but I think it was in the 30s. So, to get four good years out of him, make a profit, that's good business. You take that, you reinvest it into the midfield, you don't think twice. And then Henderson, again, it's not looking like that's going to go through now. I do wonder how... I wonder if that's changed anything in him. He's always been die-hard Liverpool, hasn't he? Since since when he joined in what 2013 was it he joined in the 2013 season if I'm not mistaken so it's coming up to his 10th yeah. season with Liverpool you know I can he, understand 700k a week you take that you take that versus 150k yeah. a week you know for the last couple of years yeah you would take that from a squad perspective I'd much rather keep him than get like 10 mil 10 mils you know 10 mils are relevant really it's not really like a good a good a good amount of money I'll be honest, I mate. You like wouldn't be getting be... Te- you won't if you don't let him go. You won't be getting ten mil. Yeah, but I'd almost rather keep him than sell him and Fabinho. I feel like that's weakened us far more than ten mil in the bank. I see what you mean. Improves yeah. us. I'd rather keep Hendo, um, get another one in because Hendo can still play that defensive role if needed. I just feel like the absence of experience. If we get rid of Milner, Henderson, Firmino, Fabinho, it's too much in one window. Mm-hmm. You know. I'd rather keep the captain in place for one more season. I think there's more benefit to keeping him um, and letting the other midfielders bed in around him to the system. 
than there is in just bidding the whole thing and just gutting it all for 10 mil. But 700k is a lot, and I can understand that decision personally. The optics for it aren't great as someone who's been one of the best advocates for a lot of righteous causes generally over the years. Like, don't forget, Henderson was the one who organised football players paying money for the NHS during COVID. You know, he was the captain who galvanised all the, all the other t- club captains to get involved in that scheme. And he's been a big advocate of gay rights, women's football, generally a good egg. And so it does feel like a, like a big L for football if he goes to Saudi Arabia for the money. Okay, you're right. And I read an article in The Athletic um, regarding his kind of... You know, he was on side of the LGBTQ community and now firmly not. But my question is, can we and should we be able to separate a footballer's ethics versus the project that they're signing for? Or are the two intrinsically linked? It's an age-old question, isn't it? It's like, can you separate a musician from... Like the Michael Jackson conundrum, basically, isn't it? Can you separate listening to Michael Jackson against the thing, the sort of charges against him? You know? Different, different. Because Michael Jackson... I mean, that is far Michael worse. Jackson. What yeah, Henderson's doing is, is going to play... So, for example, if I went to work for a Saudi Arabian company, would that compromise my own beliefs and ethics? No, not at all. And I think that's a really good way of looking at it. I think people are very quick to judge, because don't forget... Being, it's, it's like a Brexit thing. Being in the room, you can do more. And I'm not saying that he's going to go over there and start waving the prize. <laughs> Could you imagine? Like <laughs> on his chest every game. He'd be off. Perhaps, He'd be done. Never hear from him again. You, you know, if the system is generally pretty anti, it's better to have quite a vocal ally in the room mm. than it is to just leave it as it is if it comes down to it. So I think that's a good way of looking at it, but. The optics are the optics, you know, and it doesn't look like. A I'm good not disagreeing. Thing. It doesn't look great, and you know, I think a lot of a lot of people are kind of fifty fifty on that. Do you know what I mean? Like, I, I do understand, but I think look beyond that. He still believes in those things, but it's the opportunity of a lifetime to secure. You know, it's like Ruben Neves. You know, like he came out and said it. Like his, his biggest trophy is just to provide for his family what he always wanted, and you know, like yeah we're not in that situation but if I could quadruple my money and move out to Saudi Arabia I wouldn't even think about the ethics if I'm being completely transparent on this pod right now you know because yeah, especially if it was for three years right you know it's just yeah. a one time thing it's a one time offer and then you can go back to your life you do whatever you want but suddenly you've got yeah ten it's years it's like in Dubai I'm pretty and correct me if I'm wrong because I know Dubai is a bit more forward thinking in terms of kind of you know equal rights but Homosexuality is still legal in Dubai, right? I don't know, but I do know it's zero percent income tax. What on earth has that got to do with anything? Well, it means it's more tempting to go out there, I guess. Well, I'm just another chromatic. My argument is, see, all the influencers that go out there and promote it, should the same accusation be levelled at them? Ah, okay, yeah, I see what you mean. Yeah, it's one of them, isn't it? Where I think Hendo's getting—he's getting it. He's getting a lot of frustration about the Saudi league. He seems to be the guy who's getting most of it right now, because he's, he is. He's the kind of flat. He's, he's a, yeah. He's sort of yeah. He's like 
It's unfortunate. Yeah, I get, but I, I guess get this, it. this brings I us in it. a nice circle, isn't it? That the media do just go for certain people, and he's just that guy because he's yeah. been more vocal in the media. He's been more critical. He's yeah. been more vocal. He's demanded more from people, and so it's almost yeah. like the first one they like Star Wars. Out, you know, fair. he was the chosen one, and so it's a bit, a bit sad if he's the one that goes. But mm. also. Gerard is there and it's Gerard trying to buy him and he fucking loves Gerard so it's like there's that extra pull because Gerard's there just well, that, yeah it? that little extra you know to reconnect with your someone you look up to you know if you had a really yeah. like a manager you really liked at work and they were like hey how about 300k a year to come out work work with me you know me Seven get on yeah. three years I mean, for you specifically, you know, not for Oh, you. God's right. I wouldn't even think about it. You had me at 300. Yeah. So. Exactly. Yeah. you just be like, yeah, 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 definitely. Especially you know? as, like, it does feel like there's a significant rebuild happening at Liverpool, you know. like He won't be around to benefit from it, but he could... No. He could transition us into that next bit. I know, but it's a selfless thing to ask him to give up more than double his wages. You know, that's the kind of... But wouldn't that be... That, that would be so hendo... Oh, he's, he will. I think most likely he will. Because it also looks like they haven't got enough money to complete the deal, which sounds like some sort of ruse to get him out of it. To make it seem like he didn't reject them. Yeah. Or like, Saudis don't run out of money, bro. Like, <laughs> they don't run no, out of money. They're like, should we go outside and collect some more from the unlimited oil well? Yes, we shall. Yeah. I bet they bury it sometimes just to take the piss. You know, like, it's never a yeah. case of running out of money. So. Just put a big rock yeah. over the hole where it's spouting I mean, out. If he doesn't move, then it's a, it's a real shame, isn't it? Because the whole thing's dragged out anyway, and people have made their opinions. So. Oh, it'll be fine. We'll brush it under the carpet. It'll be fine. Life moves it'll on. It'll be fine. People have come back from far worse than getting tempted by money. Um, but yeah, we'll see how that plays out. The only interesting rumour, Lavia. I'm fine with buying Lavia, but not for 50 mil. If it's 40 mil, maybe it's good, maybe it's bad. I don't really care. Seems like Liverpool have to buy someone who either is homegrown or will become a homegrown English player. And Lavia fits the bill, having come through City's Academy. We're being linked with Calvin Phillips. Never going to happen. He's fat. He's winning all the trophies, playing no football. City aren't going to sell to us. Life goes on. But the interesting rumour that I saw today, which I thought was one of the... This feels like a classic old-school Liverpool transfer, is Decore from Crystal Palace. So... He's the sort of high energy defensive midfielder that let Patty V play Eze as a midfielder and generally sort of leave him as the one man to clean up. He's 22. Like, he came from Lons last season for like 20 mil. He had the second most tackles or whatever, some sort of statistics I was reading that put him in a strong second, quite far behind Declan Rice, but in the kind of profile where at that age you could nurture him like Mane you know to get to the next level so I'm kind of warming to that idea currently if I'm honest yeah I think I think a cheap option if if the long term option is not there you should think short term for now because then you can give space to Curtis Jones and Harvey Elliott without relying on them 100% you know if you you buy a superstar then their development's going to get shunted so it makes sense to have a sort of Thiago-y stopgap-y you know, one or two years can just yeah. do the job that's required while the rebuild still takes place and then reassess where you're on two years and what the market's like. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. I think you could do better, yeah. but then also, what is better anymore? Even I don't know. Maybe. There's only Amrabat? one football manager legend, mate. 
there's one football manager legend that I want to throw in here. This is this is this is the hundred mil Declan Rice signing for DM Florentino Luiz from Sporting Lisbon. Anyone who's played football manager, he moves to Man City or PSG every time, and he's fucking unbelievable. You know what? I don't even recognise his name. Shocking. Really? Shocking. Oh my god. Shocking. I'll send you Especially uh, the amount of football manager I've played in my life. I would hate to tot up my, my cumulative hours. Oh, well, mate, goodness. don't you worry. He's being linked to Liverpool already. He is good. He's 23. And he plays for Lisbon. And you know that everyone at Lisbon, they've all got release clauses. It's 100 mil. What about Palmeiras? Here we go. Nah, he's 28 and he's going to cost about 90 mil. Bin that. Yeah, I mean, 80 mil. They're only quoting that because they know West Ham are after him, though, you know what I mean? <laughs> True. West Ham taking the piss. Yeah, Paulinia for three years at about 50, 60 mil wouldn't be a bad signing. But, you know, I'm sure we'll work it out. We've got a list. It's not my job to work it out. But yeah, I think that wraps up today's episode, doesn't it? I think so. I think so. Unless you've got any other business. I mean, the only other thing I wrote down was Mares to Saudi, and that just feels very logical. I don't think anyone needs to worry about that yeah, until it happens. No, fair Might mean that City start dipping their toe in the transfer market again, which is a slightly scary thought. Project Mbappe. I still believe there is an outside chance that Mbappe joins City. But that would be a pod and a half, that one. That would be a pod and a half. Let's just pray. Let's just Let's just pray not. Let's just pray for English football's sake. Let's just pray not. That, that doesn't yeah. happen. Let's just pray because that would be. Oh, Declan Rice would just be nothing. Be nothing. Irrelevant. Would just be a fucking average player. Average mid player. Oh, anyway. Doing my head in. Oh, anyway. Anyway. Let's wrap this up. Thank you very much for listening. Um, yeah, we're a bit random at the moment, but that's what we do. But I don't think there's anything else to add. No need to shout anything is. out. You got no. any shout outs? No, just keep listening. We'll keep recording. <laughs> and eventually the football will come. <laughs> Amen. Stay strong. Stay strong. Goodbye. See you next time.